This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. I'm Mike Hebert, owner of Cantex Roofing and Construction. Every day is game day, and we'll get it right when it comes to your roofing, construction, windows, and mirrors. Call Cantex Roofing and Construction today. Together, we are one serving you. If you're curious and wondering about uh, the Oregon uniforms for this uh, coming weekend, it's going to be, quote, a... Uh, clean white uniform white and silver so they're going to have uh, silver helmets that's cool uh white on white with uh green numerals and uh logos on them so uh that'll be uh so a combination of white jersey white uh, pants and silver helmets so temperature is uh as this article says close to be 100 degrees at kickoff so dressing in white will be beneficial for the ducks trying to beat the heat <laughs> you can dress in white all day long but man it's going to be it's going to be warm down that sideline until uh until the sun goes down a little bit yeah i don't think you'll be beating it you might handle it better mm-hmm. but i don't think mm-hmm. you'll be beating it. i wonder if they considered coming to lubbock a day early to get acclimated to uh the heat are we poking fun at the red riders no now? no 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 i was actually being serious i was actually being serious wasn't poking any poking any fun at anybody. No, don't. Uh, I would. You don't think so? Never heard of a team doing such okay, a thing. Okay, well, just you know, yeah. just just just. I mean, they'll be kind of going to be a duck out of water, you know. So it could be a little could be a little warm down there on the on the sideline. Um, I bet they'll have plenty of water. Probably some. Probably some misters, misting misting mm-hmm. fans, things sure. like that. Oh, Maybe there'll be a little bit of a wind that'll blow it up into the crowd over there on the east side. That'd be great. Mm-hmm. That'd be that'd be that'd be awesome if they could uh, they could do that. Kind of hose us down a little bit from from time to time. Um, tonight, uh, Red Raider football with Joey McGuire, um, six o'clock on uh, Double T ninety seven three. Last week on I don't know if they call it this, but I'm just going to call it this Tiger football with Brian Kelly on the LSU radio network. He said, he said on his radio show that um, he knows that they were taking 15 freshmen on the trip and 14 transfers. So nearly 40% of the travel rosters are going to be overnight first time with LSU. And it's not any disclaimer of any kind. And this is a direct quote from his radio program. We're going to beat the heck out of Florida state. I guess what I'm saying is we're still developing our team with new players, freshman players, transfer players, so we're in that process of developing. On Tuesday, he uh, he, he downplayed that proclamation. Um, he said, I have no idea. Look, I, I think you all know me. I'm pretty careful with what I say and how I say it. Never have I been cavalier or disrespectful to an opponent in my 33 years. I have nothing but the utmost respect for Coach Norvell. I know who the opponent was. It's just not in my background or nature to make those kind of comments. I mean, for God's sake, he said it, right? He said it on his radio show. I mean, you get it. He was playing to the crowd like all coaches do, right? Sure. You know, why not just say, why not just say, yeah, I said that and it didn't work out well for us. You know, obviously we got our tail kicked and, uh, you know, I wanted to be positive for my team and positive for what I was I thought I thought we had prepared well, blah 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 blah, and just be done with it. But no, he can't. He couldn't do that. What he should have done is, oh, I didn't mean this year. No, 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 no. Y'all misunderstood. <laughs> Everybody would have laughed, and we all could have moved on. Yeah, 
Yeah. He goes, yeah, it's just like a, you know, it's, it, again, it's just like, dude, you said that on your radio show. Be, just swallow it and move on, right? Well, surely they have a recording of they it. They do. They do. There's a recording of it. They do. And, you know, he uh, he just couldn't, uh, he just couldn't again. Tommy Tuberville didn't take a swing at his assistant coach right, either. Right. I was thinking the same thing, just going, hey, if you had just said, hey, Heat of the moment, you know, grabbed his mic, shouldn't have done that, you know, blah, 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 blah. Then he would have been fine. But, you know, the deny, deny, deny. And then, you know, eventually it, it led to, you know, it just was another, you know, basically bad thing for him. Um, Brandon says this, uh, Chuck is a new East Sider. How long will we be dealing with the son of the lower third portion of 119 um probably till halftime would be my guess uh would be my guess at least till halftime uh the the 14 stories on the other side does help if they'd have shifted the press box just a little bit to the right or extended it or if they would just if they would build some uh, additional stands kind of like they did on the north end northeast and northwest end mm-hmm. here that, that kind of horseshoe it in that would really help because the old sun seems to be at the very end of the uh, south end of the west side. So and it kind of peaks, it peaks right by there. Sunset is at 719 tonight. So Really? It says. Okay. So you would assume it would be sometime right around there yeah. on Saturday. So I, maybe, I bet, I maybe bet you'll. Second quarter sometime maybe. Yeah. I bet, you, I bet it'll be before halftime. Yeah. So maybe. So that's good news. Yeah. There you go. So hang in there. It'll, it'll, be, it'll be all right. It'd be all right. Uh, 6.37 this morning here on the morning drive. I saw this and made me laugh. Uh, the Angels had their team photo the other day, which it kind of slays me that it's taken this long for them to have their team photo. Usually that's something that's done at spring training, it seems like, or at least early on in the season when you've got kind of everybody healthy. Uh, and that's They the... probably do more than one, I bet. Uh... I bet there's one coming out of camp. That they take, and then Maybe there's so. one at the end of the season or near the end of the season of the team that you actually finish with. Uh, the Los Angeles Angels took their team photo on Tuesday. Uh, problem is, Shohei Otani, uh, dealing with oblique soreness, was not available for the team photo. Mm. Okay? So they so they, they used a, quote, body double in his place. Uh, someone that was very tall in the front office Name not to be discussed, according to Bally Sports West. Um, Angels reporter Sarah Valenzuela, I wonder if she's related to Fernando. I'm guessing not. Um, Shared photos of the body double on social media and stated that the man was just slated to occupy Otani's spot in the photo. Team plans to Photoshop Otani into the team photo once it's released. Is this like the Lady Raider basketball battle card? Yes, yes, it's exactly right. That's exactly what I thought. That was a Candy Whitaker team in the Bahamas. We're in the Bahamas. They took a team photo and then they photoshopped Amber Battle in because she would. Was, she was not available for that. She game. She was not available for that game. Right, right. She was battling other things. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I thought of that. I thought of that immediately. But apparently, they're gonna they're gonna put him in there, so he'll be in the he'll be in the team photo. This is the Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3. Presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction.
Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com with Jamie Linton, Jeff McGuire. I'm Chuck Hines. We come to you this morning from the First United Bank studio. Look forward to hearing from you today on the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Go to Double T 97.3.com for that of the mobile app. Visual Edge IT hotline open to 806-771-0973. Look for Aaron Dickens and Dr. Mike Gustafson out and about today. They'll be over at Twin Peaks this afternoon, their usual Thursday spot uh, prior to Red Raider home football games. So they'll be there uh, today from 3 until 6 o'clock. So uh, be listening. They might have something special for you. Okay. They'll have a couple of tickets to Tech Oregon. Yeah, because uh, it's a sold-out show. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you uh, have interest in that, uh, stop by there today and uh, say hello to the fellas, and they'll uh, they'll be as cordial as they can to you. Mm-hmm. You'll have a chance to win. Yeah, and uh, I'm sure Dickens will. Uh, he, he really he likes the appetizers there. Uh, that, of course, who doesn't like an appetizer? But uh, I, I want to say it's the fried pickles, but I'm not certain on that. So we'll. Uh, Look for uh, look for those guys today at Twin Peaks. All right, uh, seven oh three. This I am a little giddy today, Jamie, because it is the beginning of the NFL season, and we'll have uh, the Chiefs and the Lions uh, tonight from Arrowhead on one hundred point seven. The score, uh, the kick is uh, just after seven tonight, and so uh, the NFL season will get underway this evening with the traditional Super Bowl champion playing host to uh, an opponent, and tonight. It's the Chiefs who raise the flag, and uh, the Lions are their opponent, whom have yet to raise a flag. They've yet to even play in a Super Bowl. They're one of the very few teams that has yet to play in a Super Bowl. Chiefs have a questionable tight end in Travis Kelsey. I'll bet he doesn't play tonight. He's got a knee bruise. They think they think the ACL is intact. Um, he had a hyperextended knee in practice the other day. And then Chris Jones, their big uh, pass rusher, Puts pressure on the quarterback. Uh, is still on the sidelines. He said, "Nah, I can play." He just wants to be paid and feels like he's been feels like he deserves a raise. Mm-hmm. And uh, just seeing what uh, has happened in the National Football League with others, um, you he's probably he's probably going to get one. Uh, just how long do they want to uh, to wait on that before they before they get it? The um, San Francisco 49ers and Nick Bosa uh, came to terms. He is now uh, the highest paid uh, defensive player. His uh, extension is $122.5 million guaranteed. Um, Kyle Shanahan, their coach, was surprised when informed of the deal moments before his scheduled media availability, walked in the room with a big smile and confirmed that the league's reigning defensive player of the year is on his way back to the Bay Area to end his holdout. So... Uh, that's a that's a big number uh, that uh, the 49ers are committing to Nick Bosa, and uh, he's pretty pretty good player. Oh no question! I mean yeah. they got to have him, just like the Chiefs really need to have Chris uh, Jones. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's been a difference maker on that Chiefs defense. No no doubt no doubt. And uh, you know so you you wonder how long will the Chiefs wait, especially after that news, because I'm, I'm sure Chris Jones looks at Nick Bosa and goes. Um, okay, I know you're really good, but I know you're really impactful, but what have I meant to this team? So you got 171 for me. <laughs> you know, you got 123 for me. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what uh, what transpires there. Cowboys don't play until Sunday night. Uh, that's a little after, I think, about a 7.20 kick time or so. 
uh, Chiefs or the Cowboys and Giants from the Meadowlands. And uh, Cowboys are, you know, looking to obviously make a, a deeper playoff run and not end it with a with a thud. So we'll see um, see how that goes. Uh, Jerry Jones saying the other day that Dak Prescott would be his quarterback for a long time. Uh, he also revealed that he didn't talk to anyone uh, with regard to the Trey Lance uh, trade, and it's his prerogative. I mean, he is the owner and general manager of the team, uh, so it's not like he needs permission. But he said on his radio show that he didn't consult anyone um, because he didn't have to. He had all the information he needed on Trey Lance, and everyone was already on the same page. <laughs> The way we have it structured, Jamie, is what uh, Coach Jones said, gets a lot of criticism. But with the way I'm involved and have all the ongoing information, I didn't have to fool around. I got it done. I didn't have to send it around. I could make that trade in five minutes. I had everything at my fingertips. I didn't have to visit with anyone as to what we thought of Trey Lance because I knew it already. It's a continual thing. In our business, you have to be prepared to catch an opportunity. You can't wait to have a committee meeting over something like that or else the train's gone. Okay. <laughs> the train's gone. Okay. <laughs> oh, goodness. Goodness. He he caught the Trey Lance train. There's no uh there's no doubt about it. So he's uh everybody's on board. I'm sure everybody said I'm sure when he said, Hey, what do you think of this? Everybody said, Yeah, Jerry, sounds like a good idea, but you know, his son, Stephen, has been one in the past to, to confront him on things and probably is the only one that that can confront him on on things like that. It's probably what makes it work. But even still in father-son relationships and family-owned businesses, it doesn't always go well when the son and the dad are in conflict. At some point in time, somebody says, oh, uh, this is how I see it, and this is what we're going to do. Yeah, I can't imagine that... Um... Stephen was too far, you know, opposing mm-hmm. him in this situation. If, if, um, I, I don't know that I completely believe that he didn't discuss it with anyone. Okay. Yeah. I think he. Correct. Yeah. Didn't. I think Jerry, like, is in his office and, uh, you know, pushes a button and the door comes open and, Stephen, get in here! And you know, and they have a conversation. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. There was a TV station in this town that had one of those doors where you punch a button and the door opens. The, the guy didn't have to get up and open the door; just punch the button and the door opened. Mm, that'd be nice. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? Would you like one of those in your office? I'd like a but. I'd like a button where there's just like a like it drops. <laughs> You're knocking at the door. <laughs> Or the person that's knocking on the door, yeah, they, yeah, they, they, they drop. Just, they just go away somewhere. <laughs> Maybe electrocute them if they touch your door. I don't want to electrocute mm-hmm. them. Just chip them somewhere else. All right. Got a couple things from Joy McGuire as uh, the Red Raiders stick on Oregon. Optimum game day live coverage Saturday morning at 7, Saturday morning quarterback. Recapping the high school stuff. Speaking of high school, high school action tonight from Lowry Field, Monterey Plainsman, and the Friendship Tigers. We'll have the Monterey broadcast at 6.30 on 107.7 Yes FM. Friendship in Monterey here on Double T 97.3. We'll pick it up with play-by-play at 7 after Red Raider football with Joey McGuire. If you want the pregame, go to the Double T 97.3 mobile app at 6.30. Your daily dose of sports. 
sports and fun. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Soccer team in action today in Tucson, actually tonight, 9 o'clock our time, 7 o'clock their time. It's 7. Uh, they are 5-0-1, Tom Stone's team is. They take on an Arizona team that is 2-1-2. and two. Okay, So that is, uh, that is tonight they're part of a... Uh, uh, Arizona Classic that uh, features U of A, that's Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah State. Okay, So that kind of gets you a little up to speed on that. Uh, they're calling this uh, home opener the uh, most competitive or maybe the uh, the best, best matchup since 1979, Jamie, when uh, number one Southern Cal came to Lubbock at the time. Uh, Southern Cal, the Trojans won that day at Jones Stadium, 21-7. to Red Raiders would finish the year at 3-6-2. They were 2-5-1 in Southwest Conference play. Remember, in those days, there wasn't, uh, there wasn't an overtime. So you had, you had records like that from time to time. You know, it was going 3-6-2 or something along, along those lines. They only, also only played 11 games in those years as well. So uh, let me get – so – they're calling it the best game home here. opener. Yeah, home opener. Yeah, okay, home opener. All right, I think you left that out. Um, best home opener. Yeah, since 1979. Mm-hmm. I thought I said that, but yeah. Okay, my bad. I may have not heard it. My um, bad. I'm sorry. If you go um, uh, in in terms of ranked teams, it's uh, the last time you you faced a team ranked this high was September the 3rd, which I believe was the Thursday night, took on Oklahoma in 1992 and lost that day to the Sooners 34 to 9. Uh that was also still when you just played 11 games. Uh 5 and 6 was the record for the Red Raiders that year. They went 4 and 3 and that was, in Southwest Conference play. That was a home opener? That was the home opener. Yeah. Well, wouldn't that one beat it? Well, USC was number 1 in the country in 1979. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But wouldn't that be this one? Oh, Oregon is fifteenth. Right. You just said Oklahoma was number three. Fifteen. September third. They played September third. Okay. Yeah. Okay. They they played September third. I'm sorry. Oklahoma was ranked fifteenth. They okay. beat the Red Raiders that night, thirty-four to nine. Okay. I heard that part. Thirty-four okay. to nine. In front of forty-eight thousand six hundred and ninety-one. I was I was the one because I went as a singleton that night. I think I went with a buddy. Anyway, I want to say it was a. I want to say it was a Thursday. Uh, actually, Why, Jeff? Why? Well, here's the deal. I don't know that I sent. I think he was. I think, kinda. He's not. He doesn't live here. I, I think he was working for ESPN that day. But anyway, the bottom line is. Um. They lost that night, thirty-four to nine. Thing that I, thing that I remember about that, and this is very early on in my, you know, in my time in Lubbock, um, but I just remember on the on the northwest side of the stadium uh, at the end of the game. I mean, at the start of the game, it was packed. I mean, forty-eight thousand six ninety-one is almost a sellout. At the end of the game, there was this one old man and his wife in this section. I mean, just acres and acres and acres of empty seats. And this guy was left there with his wife, and he stayed that night until the bitter end. 
And it was a Thursday night, September the 3rd, 1992. Okay. So it was not not a good night uh, for the Red Raiders that was uh, heading into uh, Labor Day weekend that year. So anyway, there's, uh, there's that. So, um, you play, uh, you play Oregon this week and, uh, that's a six o'clock kick over at Jones stadium. Uh, Tyler Shuck will go up against his uh, former team. Uh, Joey McGuire commented about Shuck playing Oregon and then kind of not being too ramped up, not calling it a super bowl, but here's uh, the coach's thoughts on that. I, you know, he, he's an older guy, so I think he understands. Like, I sent him a, a text this morning. I have a leadership committee that make up our captains. And I said, hey, I want you to be a captain this weekend. Are you good with that? Because I didn't want to put him in a situation that, um, you know, he was too amped. He goes, Coach, I'm 100% good with that, you know. And didn't surprise me one bit because he's not happy the way he played. And so, you know, he's going to have a great week. Um, but you just kind of keep him – you, you just got to understand it's about us. I mean, we've got a lot of things that we got to improve from Saturday. And, and so if you focus more on them, then that allows you to kind of uh, take off, take away from what you need to really get better at. And, and so I think, you know, you just go out and play. The thing that's a little bit different, because Terrell Tillman's another guy that, you know, that played for Oregon, that plays for us. Um, there was a big turnover on that roster. You know, if you look at the last two years, I think, and I could be totally wrong, Somebody probably could help me out or could look it up pretty easy, but that's like a 75% turnover on that roster than whenever uh, Coach got there. And so between two signing classes he's had in the transfer portal, you know, that's quite a bit different than – I know Tyler has guys that, he, that are friends that, you know, he played with, but there's not a lot, you know, necessarily left that was with him, you know, a few years ago. That's uh, Joy McGuire. I think Coach makes a, a really good point about the fact that you know the roster is you know seventy five percent turnover or whatever, mm-hmm. and so that probably you know calms some of that talk about him facing Oregon. But I still think there's just the fact that hey, this was a school that I chose to go to and I loved, and I you know and I worked there and I started there, and um, you know I had dreams and hopes there, and they said no, you're not good enough to be our starter anymore. And so he decided to go elsewhere. So I, I think that's one of those deals where he, even if there's not the players mm-hmm. there, the logo's there. Sure. And I think he's going to be a little bit extra excited about it. I think any of us would. Um, that being said, I think this will be one of those situations where it's downplay, downplay. It doesn't matter. It doesn't mean anything to me. It doesn't mean anything. It's no big deal. It's just another team. And then after the game, if you play well and you win, you're like, I told you those guys. Those guys doubted me, and uh, this feels really good to, to stick it to them and all that. That's that's kind of what, what I expect. So I think it means something to them. I think both Coach McGuire and Shuck and everybody else are doing a great job of downplaying it. But it would be hard not to for any of us. I sure. Think. It's only it's only human nature. I mean, if you, if you were at a place and it didn't go well for you previously, and then you have an opportunity to, to compete against them, whether it's athletically or in business um, – and you, and then you have success. I mean, even in your most private moments, you're going to go, "Hey, I figured it out." You know, mm-hmm. came came here and made lemonade out of the lemon, and oh. and uh, and had had success. Because I think we can all look at places that, that we've been in our past, and maybe some place that you really, really wanted to go, and and it, and it didn't work out. Um, and for whatever reason, it just it just didn't it didn't work out. I mean, you know, for me, I mean, I remember 
you know, growing up in Kansas City and listening to a certain radio station and going, man, I, I really, really, really love that station. And really, and I, I got to work there one day and, mm-hmm. and it didn't work out. And I remember walking in with all my stuff going, man, I, I've arrived. And then 13 months later, I walked out with all my stuff. I went, that didn't go so well. <laughs> I didn't get fired or anything, but I mean, it's just, it's disappointing because, you know, when you, when you have those dreams of playing someplace or working someplace and, and then you get to achieve that and then you get there and it's not all that, or, or, or you're not all that, or you're not up for the, you're not up for it, or you're not able to, to, to meet the challenge. Um, and then you want to not necessarily stick it to somebody, but you want to be able to say, Hey, I did have success. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that, um, I think that'll be something that, uh, motivates Tyler and, mm-hmm. You just, you know, you worry you don't get too amped up and, you know, you see that sure. sometimes affect a guy early on where he just has to take a deep breath and calm down a little bit because he's so anxious and excited and, you know, so motivated to do well. Uh, this, uh, President Bush gave the team a pregame speech before that Oklahoma game in 92. Block kick returned from post Ben Kirkpatrick were some of the only points. Uh, somebody else is also saying that game is when the tortillas started. Mm, in 1992. So, the Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3 is presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. As we come to you from the First United Bank studio and look forward to hearing from you on the Yates Flooring Center chat line and also the Visual Edge IT hotline, 806 771 from the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Gents, I'm kind of getting a feeling like Chuck did with Wyoming. My feeling is we lose the game this weekend by 17. Lord, I hope I'm so wrong. Please be wrong. Um, I, my only feeling was is I just wondered, you know, if sitting around all day would, would affect you. Obviously, it didn't because you came out of the locker room, came out of the lightning delay in great shape, put up 17, and then just took your foot off the gas among other things. Uh, Red Raider 2 Guns, Jamie, if Tech somehow pulls the upset Saturday, how will that change the rest of the season? Does it kind of wash out the first two games? Well, kind of. Yeah. Kind of. Because, yeah. I mean, I would guess most people, well, I don't know. I'll speak for myself. I, I had us one and one after the first two. Yeah, me too. So you would kind of... Um, might be a little bit disappointed and feel like, ah, there was a hiccup there that you let an opportunity get away. But at the same time, you would feel good about the potential that your team has. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you would also, well, then you'd flip it back and you'd be disappointed because, oh no, here we go. Another year of only being able to win on the road and we don't play well, or excuse me, only being able to win at home and we don't play well on the road. So that might be disappointed. So you could be a little schizophrenic and um, be put in a padded room because you go back and forth being happy and sad. Padded room. And, um, you know, some sort of uh, mental illness that it would cause you. <laughs> um, many of us uh, over the years as Red Raider fans have have, have uh, been able to, uh, have been blessed to enjoy. Okay. <laughs> padded room. Well, no, the feeling of, uh, you know, hey, everything's great, and then, oh, no, things are bad. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, everything's great. Oh, no, things are bad. That's this it's life as a sports fan in general, mm-hmm. but I think uh, we've had some of those moments. We're no different as a Red Raider fan base. But, uh, yeah, it would definitely give you a feeling like 
team showed some heart, bouncing sure. back. Sure, all those things, you right? You know, their yeah. ceiling is really, really a high ceiling. Ceiling's not the roof. <laughs> the ceiling's not the floor. Right. Okay. You'd feel like it's really high. Mm-hmm. I thought we all agreed we weren't going to try you this. I don't know. Do you uh, use so. the ceiling and roof yeah. thing? But there yeah. I go again, right? Sure. You brought us yeah. down that road. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I would, uh, I'd feel better about life if you won rather mm-hmm. than if you lost. No doubt. No, no, no question. Uh, he would, you uh, would feel better about it. Um, the, they will honor the 1973 team on Saturday. Uh, uh, by some aspects, uh, some would say uh, the best team that Tech has fielded uh, in its, you know, 99 years of playing football. Uh, that team went 11 and one, six and one in the Southwest Conference. Uh, the lone loss was at Texas, 28 to 14, on September the 29th. They Started off with a couple of wins over Utah and New Mexico and then lost in September and then didn't lose again, including winning in the Gator Bowl over Tennessee 28-19. to Some names on that roster include Joe Barnes, who as the starting quarterback that year, Jamie, he went 73 of 125 for 978 yards and 10 touchdowns. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> they ran the ball a lot. Uh, Larry Isaac ran it 87 times for 526 yards. Okay. And then James Mosley ran it for 111 times for 490 yards. So Mosley averaged 4.4 yards a tote and Isaac six yards a carry. Uh, Also, Rufus Myers carried the ball over 100 times. He went uh, 103 for 374, averaging 3.6 yards a game, a a, a carry. Uh, Andre Tillman, who played in the NFL, was on that team. Uh, Also, uh, Curtis Jordan played on that team as well. Uh, as a defensive back. So he was on that roster as well. So they'll honor that team on uh, on Saturday. All right, 8.06 this morning here on the Morning Drive. We'll have Rev Raider football with Joy McGuire. He'll be joined by Mason Tharp and his uh, tight ends coach, uh, Josh Cochran, tonight. Uh, that'll be uh, right here on Double T 97.3 from 6 until 7. All right, so here's my – I you could call it a crazy theory. It's just as I look into my crystal ball that occasionally it's cloudy, okay, Occasionally, when I shake it really good, um, it clears up and gives me a, a clear picture of the future. And I, I, I just I wonder this because as we've had all this conference realignment and all this shuffling where it makes no sense geographically, okay, and this is all about business, this is all about money, uh, this is all about delivering to the bottom line, and the athletic budgets have gotten bigger and bigger and bigger. I mean, you look at a budget in 1973. Heck, you look at the budget Spike Dykes last year where they had like one computer in the office and you look at what you have today and the $250 million that you're spending on the South End Zone project, let alone what you spent on the East and the West Side and the North End. And it's not just here, it's everywhere. Um, here's what I wonder. I wonder when college football rosters will be limited like NFL rosters because... In the business sense of things, it makes no sense to have 125 players on your roster. It makes no sense. It makes no sense to take 80 players to Wyoming from a business standpoint. It makes no sense. It makes complete sense to have a 55-man roster or a 60-man roster. And then what you say to your, your other sports is, well, you could say, well, with Title IX, you could have... You could pay all your baseball players scholarships. You could take care of all your track scholarships, blah, blah, blah. 
But you could cut a lot of expense out of your football budget, per se, if you managed a roster like you did in the NFL. And I, th- I think at some point in time, they will look at that and go, why do we have 125 people on scholarship when we don't use but half of them? Because at the end of the day, they're going to have to figure out a way to manage their expenses, even colleges. Is there really 125? Because I thought when we first heard maybe about, it's 85. What? Well, I thought when we first heard about the uh, NIL collective that it was a hundred scholarship players and 25 walk-ons. Walk-ons. Okay, so so a hundred. What? Whatever the number is, I just think you're gonna. I think you're gonna get down. Just roll that around in your brain a little bit, and you can comment at eight fifteen. Um, but I think you're gonna you're gonna have a reduction in scholarships because it just doesn't make sense from a business standpoint to feed and clothe and house and scholarship up a bunch of guys that will never see the field. And I know that's counterintuitive to what college football is supposed to be about and the college experience, but isn't everything else that we're doing right now counterintuitive to the whole college experience? The Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3 is presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Monterey and Friendship, the Monterey broadcast on 107.7 Yes FM. Friendship right here on Double T 97.3. We'll have uh, pregame for Friendship on the Double T 97.3 mobile app presented by Happy State Bank. Then uh, 7 o'clock to kick. And uh, before that, it's Red Raider football with Joey McGuire. McGuire? Joey McGuire. You still haven't revealed to him that your last name is McGuire, have you, Jeff? Have not. You think he knows that? Nope. No reason for him to know. Okay. Um, we'll have uh, Dickens and Gus today live from Twin Peaks. That'll be from 3 until 6. They'll have uh, a pair of tickets to uh, Oregon and Texas Tech on Saturday to uh, put in your hands. Don't know how they're going to do that, but that's up to them. That'll be this afternoon. I'm sure they'll figure out a fun, It'll creative way. Creative way, yeah. Um, okay, so what do you think about my, my theory that football rosters will be reduced in and basically the, the reason is is because college football organizations and athletic departments will realize, hey, we really don't need 125 guys or 100 guys on the scholarship or whatever the number is. We, we can reduce this. We can treat this like an NFL roster, even if we re- reduce to, um, you know, 770. That's, that's taking 30 guys off scholarship. That's saving a heck of a lot of money. Yeah, I, I think what you're saying is making a lot of sense. I don't know. Um, I think I would ask, why do you think they haven't figured that out already? Because um, I don't. I don't know. I just because they, they because because colleges in general don't operate like a business. Colleges in general don't look at a PL, so to speak. I know they're going to say that they do, but if you were to run a college like a business, there it would be run substantially different than, than the way it is. And, you know, there's a, a big part of me that is grateful that they don't run it like a business um, because I think that, that it, would, it would economically impact um, cities and employees uh, and just the way that things are done. But I think that as... 
as we have seen a rise in the cost of tuition, it's because the cost of doing business has gotten higher mm-hmm. for colleges. They, they've, they've been mm-hmm. forced to do that. And I think athletic department budgets, there, there's going to be a, at some point in time where the TV guys are just going to cry uncle and say, we can't pay you any more than we're already paying you. And I, I realize that it seems like with every TV contract, they, they take themselves to a new level because live sports is so critical uh, to being on the air um, that uh, it, it is, uh, you know, it's it's become just this, this mountain of money. Um, it's and the I, live content that people aren't watching online that doesn't also include commercials. So I guess. Um, so I guess my from my standpoint is at some point in time there 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 is a budget for everything and at some point in time colleges are going to realize we don't need to have a hundred guys on scholarship we just don't need to we with the transfer portal and with with the way guys don't stick around why have and I realize Coach McGuire he's made a huge investment in high school football and that's what that's where he's going but somebody somewhere is going to go. We're going to cut the fat here, and maybe it doesn't. Start, it's not going to start with Power Five. It's going to start with Group of Five or smaller. But they're going to go. We we don't we don't need to travel with seventy five guys, twenty of whom aren't going to see the field, and we're just taking them there to, for a sightseeing tour. Yeah, I wonder if they ultimately will keep the same amount of players because of uh, you know fear of injury and and you want to have depth and all that good stuff, but you will cut back on the number of scholarship players you have. Um, you know, we've heard the stories of the past of like Nebraska having all these different guys on scholarships sure. to keep them away from everybody else. Sure. Right? And, you know, there's even some thought with that with like schools like the Longhorns or Aggies who are just loading up with four and five stars that don't see the field very much. But for them, it's, hey, not only do we have them in case we need them, but we keep them away from everybody else. Uh, I think a little bit about, you know, so they're in football now, is there there's no limit to how many you can travel no there is in in, in non-conference there's not but in conference i think it's i think in, in big 12 play it's 70 okay and so that's similar in in baseball where the, you know when in non-conference you can take everybody on the roster and and i think part of that is to keep costs down and so i i feel like that universities athletic departments the ncaa realizes we're going to do everything we can to keep costs down in the sports that aren't you know revenue creating you know revenue generators but they don't care with football and basketball because it's making money i think at some point in time they will care i think at some i think we're getting to a point where even the football guys are going to have a are going to have a true budget that they're going to have to live with yeah maybe you're right maybe you're right i guess my my only point is for anybody that's a money person at any of these universities across the country, they all know it now. You know, they all know it now. So it's not like there's new information coming out. So they know it now. They're not acting now. What what is gonna what is gonna and and I think your your point is is valid here. I mean, it's not necessary in so many different ways. So what's gonna change that opinion? And that's also gonna. You know the people that are gonna who are not gonna like this, the high school football coaches, sure. right? Because they're they're not gonna have as many of their kids getting scholarships, right? And they're not gonna have as many opportunities, and, and and so there's a lot of, you know, the high school football community and all that that will throw flags over this, just like there were a lot of high school 
coaches and moms and dads and players, whoever, who are frustrated about all the COVID stuff mm-hmm. because you keep you give another guy a year at a school and you're keeping a kid that was coming out of high school to the college ranks from having as many opportunities. And a lot of kids were affected by that. That's what's going to this. That's where the pushback is going to come from. You know, I, I don't know if uh, it's strong enough to. I'm just saying at some point in time and it's, it's look, this is not next year. This is maybe five years from, but as these, as, as these conferences continue to be realigned and let's just, let's just say at some point in time that they just say, Hey, we're going to have, you know, 50 schools that are going to play at the power five level. And that's, and that's where all the money's going to go. Well, you're going to start to see some of this. It'll be interesting to see the impact of not having PAC 12 money for Washington state and Oregon state. What, what will they do as a means to make up some money? Will they say to their football programs, I'm sorry, but you're not going to be able to give out a hundred scholarships. You're only going to be able to give out 70. You're only going to be able to give out 75. Well, I mean, they're going to do what this other schools in the Mountain West are going to do, right? They're not going to go less than what the Mountain no, West schools but, but, are doing. But but they but, but but they've been used to living on a certain amount of money, and all of a sudden that that amount sure. of money is going to be cut sure. dramatically. It could be cut by twenty or thirty percent. Well, they've got to yep. they've got to save the money at, at somewhere. I'm, now, I'm just my my guess, Chuck, is it won't come in football. I think you're right. It'll it just, come in other other sports. It will. And, It'll and, affect other sports. It'll affect uh, coaches' pay across the board at Oregon State and Washington State. But let's just say you get a commissioner of college football, and the, and and the commissioner of college football gathers up the athletic directors and says, financially, guys, what we're doing here makes no sense. We have to do this, and so collectively as a group, they make a decision to say we're going to limit. The number because coaches aren't going to make any less money that that number continues to increase i mean it wasn't that long ago that you know coaches were criticized for making a million dollars a year yeah and now you're now your coach if you're not paying your your coach in the big 12 two and a half to three million dollars a year then you're you're behind i'm not saying you're wrong at all i'm saying what i see right now is whatever football and i'm not just talking about texas tech across the board Power five football. If you're power five football, it doesn't matter how much money we're spending. Okay, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Okay, we're making a ton. We're gonna spend it on football. That's what it is. All their facilities, everything that goes with being a football player at Division One Power Five school. Mm-hmm. I just don't know that that's gonna change. It, it, it just at some point in time, it, the, the bubble's got to burst. This has been the Morning Drive podcast, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Check out our library of Double T ninety seven three podcasts at double t ninety seven three dot com.